This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Today we're going to take a break from our Acts series and come back to that later. Today I would like to share with you um, about something that we're all called to do in our lives, and that is that we're called to plant seeds of faith in the hearts of the people around us. And so we're going to start with the scripture, Mark 16, 15. It says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. These were the words of Jesus that he spoke right before he went back up into heaven to be with God. And these were his final words to his followers. And we call it the Great Commission. It's something that we are called to do. And you think about if you are getting ready to go on a trip and you're saying goodbye to your kids or somebody important in your life, you're going to tell them what you really want to leave them with. This is the, mo- the most important thing you want to say. You tell them, I love you, be kind to your siblings, something, take the trash out. Whatever it is that's most important to you, you're going to tell them that. And so Jesus saved that for the very last moment because it was, the one, it was the most important thing he wanted to tell his followers. And it's still one of the most important things that we need to know is that God calls us to share our faith. And he wants us to plant seeds in the hearts of the people around us. So today we're going to talk about what it looks like to plant seeds. Now, a little disclaimer for you, in case you don't know, I am not a farmer. Neither have I ever been a farmer. I grew up in the suburbs. Um, My only experience planting is when my husband and I planted a garden in our backyard um, several years ago. And it was mainly all him from some of you who gave him some great advice. And I just kind of watched it grow, and I would pick the vegetables and fruit and enjoy them. But it was mainly him, so even that. So I don't have a lot of experience um, with planting. In fact, I'm not even really an outdoorsy kind of person at all. Um, growing up at home, my brother and I were the, were the only two siblings in the house. And uh, the houses all around us were full of boys. There were no daughters around. And so um, all the boys would play outside together. I was happy just to stay inside and read a book. Um, But every now and then my parents would be like, you have to go outside. And now that I'm a parent, I understand that. You have to just go outside. Just do something out there. And so every now and then I would be outside, and the boys like to play like war games and like battle games and that kind of thing. And so the boy behind us had a fort in his backyard, and so I would be the princess that they were trying to rescue. So I would sit in the fort and read my book until one of them showed up. I'm like, you're rescued. Yay, great, I'm going to go back in the house. So that was, the, that was the extent of my outdoor play as a kid, was just to hide out and find a place to read a book. But um, so, so it shouldn't be a surprise to you that I haven't done a lot of or any farming at all. But I understand the idea that you plant a seed in the ground, you take good care of it, and that seed is going to grow. And so we're going to use that analogy today to talk about how we're all called to be seed planters in the kingdom of God. Planting seeds is an expectation of, the, of God for us. We are called, it's mandated in scripture in the Great Commission that we're called to do that. Now there are lots of scriptures in the Bible that tell us that we are called as parents to share our faith with our children. We're supposed to impress upon them the importance of faith and share about God's faithfulness to them, right? We all know that. And that is something that a good, responsible Christian parent is really going to naturally do with their children. But that is just the baseline of sharing our faith. Because the Great Commission says go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And so there's more than just sharing your faith with your own children, That's important, and it needs to happen, but there's a lot more to it than that. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 2.14. It 
But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. So we're called to spread the knowledge of God everywhere. So that means that we plant seeds in the hearts of our own children, but we also plant seeds in the hearts of our other family members, of our coworkers, of our neighbors, of other people that come into our church community. Really anywhere where you have a sphere of influence and anywhere where God's God-given gifts lead you is the expectation that you're going to plant seeds in those arenas. And so today we're going to kind of look at the idea of planting seeds, and we're going to talk about some things we need to realize when it comes to planting seeds of faith in the hearts of other people. So I'm going to share with you five things today that we need to keep in mind when we're planting seeds. The first thing we need to realize is that planting seeds is messy. When you plant a seed, if you just drop it on top of the soil, you're not going to have a, a great chance of it growing the way it's supposed to. You've got to dig into this, the dirt, put the seed there, cover it back up, take good care of it. You've got to do a little bit of work. You've got to get your hands a little bit dirty to do that. And sometimes when we're sharing faith with people, we have to dig into the mess of their lives. We have to be willing to confront the hurt and the sin and the pain that they're dealing with. We have to give up our own comfort and control to get into their lives to share God's love with them. Now, most of you um, will see today, because I work with kids, and I've worked with kids for a really long time, that most of my um, examples come from life with, with working with kids. But you can take all this and apply it wherever you, wherever you plant seeds in your life, wherever um, you have a sphere of influence. But today, many of you who have kids, like your own kids, will realize that life with kids is not neat and tidy. It's not a perfect, and a lot of things can derail your plans. And I'm a massive planner. I regularly overplan. And I learned really early on as a young mom that life doesn't go how I want it to when I have kids because they can look at you and laugh in your face or spit up in your face or whatever in your face, and you realize that your plans are not happening. So I think the biggest um, example I remember from our life was when we just had one kiddo, Dave and I did, and I was on the worship team on Sunday mornings, and so I would leave early in the morning, and he'd be in charge of getting our, our kiddo ready for the day. And our, our oldest kiddo, he was probably about two, I think, at the time. And we had this gift from my brother and sister-in-law. It's the worst gift you can ever give parents, but it was this inflatable ball pit. You've seen it before. And so it's this inflatable ball pit, and it, there's like a, it comes with a hundred little plastic balls that they put in, and they can play with it. And we would find those things all over the house, all the time. Just It was a, an unending battle of constantly putting them back in. Well, this Sunday morning, Dave's getting ready. He is on target to be on time. He is killing it. He is going to be on time to church. And uh, Josh is quietly playing, which is, if you know, with young kids, that's already not a good sign. And they're quietly playing because you don't know what's going on quietly playing it with the ball pit in another room. And he um, had a diaper situation that overflowed and was going down his legs into the ball pit. And of course, he was unaware. And he is still playing with the balls, picking them up and throwing them around the room. And so Dave comes around the corner to finish getting him ready. I think all he, he was probably just in his diaper because, you know, we were smart enough to know don't put the clothes on until you walk out the door. Um, and he, all he had to do was probably put Josh's clothes on him. And he comes around the corner, and it's on Josh, 
It's in the ball pit, it's on the wall, it's on the dog, it's on the carpet. Where do you start with all of this? It's messy, very messy. And needless to say, he was not on time to church that morning. But that's just, that's an example. And many of you who are parents, you have stories like that, where you plan to prepare and you are ready to go, and your kid says, ha ha, very funny, nice try, mom and dad. Okay, so I've learned not just being a parent, but being a children's pastor, that life with kids is not neat and it's not tidy. It is not something that you can just plan and prepare and everything works out great. And so when you're planting seeds in the hearts of kids, it's also not neat and it's not tidy. It can be a messy experience. It can be a chaotic experience. It can look like a five-minute lesson with two minutes of redirection in the five minutes, followed by 55 minutes of playing on the playground. It can look like teaching a Bible story to a group of 15 preschoolers with one hanging on your arm crying the whole time. It can look like answering really hard questions from kids about why do bad things happen in my life, okay? These are messy experiences, but it's not just for kids because anytime you're dealing with people, it's going to be messy because people have messes. People are bringing in hurt. They're bringing in anger and disappointment and depression and fear and anxiety. People are carrying preconceived notions about God that they've learned in their past. And so when you're planting a seed of faith in someone's heart, you have to be ready to to, um, acknowledge that it's not going to be a neat and tidy experience. It can be messy. But we still do it. We're still obedient because God calls us to do it. And then we know that we can do that, and the Holy Spirit will do what he wants to do in the hearts of those people. The second thing we learn about planting seeds is that it takes patience. A seed doesn't grow overnight. It takes some time for that seed to to grow to where it can be a healthy, thriving plant. And there's so much growth that happens underneath the surface of the soil. The seed has to grow, has to develop roots that gets deep into the soil so it can be a thriving plant. And we don't see a lot of that. And so sometimes we feel like nothing's happening because we can't see anything. Because our culture, we want things to happen right away. We want things right away. And it's the same with our sharing our faith. We want to invite our neighbor to church. And they're like, I've been waiting for someone to ask me to church. Yes, I'll be there Sunday. They walk in the door and they get saved the sooner they walk in the door. Okay, that can and does happen. But a lot of times, the, the bigger pattern we see is it's a seed planting process. It's a, plant, it's a process of sharing your faith, sharing God's faithfulness, making those investments, making those choices. And then we have to trust all the growth that's happening in those unseen places that we can't see with our own physical eyes. But it can be frustrating in the waiting time for us when we're, we feel like we're not seeing anything. I experience this sometimes on a Sunday morning with the kids. I'm in there and I'm teaching them about Jesus and someone raises their hand. Now, for some reason, I have taught elementary school for eight years. I've been doing this for almost 10 years, and I still, there's something in me that just cannot leave a raised hand unacknowledged. I don't know why I just have to call on them. I can't just, I can't just, so if you raise your hand here, this, I might call on you, just so you know. But I, I can't just ignore it. I have to, I have to answer, I have to answer the hand. And I have usually come to regret that decision. Because about 75% of the time, what they want to say is not add anything spiritual to the conversation. Not only is it not spiritual, but it's typically off topic from what we're talking about. It's usually some random comment about Moses or their cat, or they need to go to the bathroom, or they need to drink a water, or the most offensive one is, when is this going to be over? Um, that's happened every now and then. Um, and so it can be, it could be, the temptation to be discouraged is strong. 
It would be easy for me to be frustrated and, and think that what I'm doing is not making a difference. What I'm doing is not, not getting into their hearts. Because here I am, I'm digging, 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 trying to plant that seed, and I can feel like, oh, what am I even doing up here? But I remember the faithfulness of God, and I remember this scripture I'm going to share with you because when you feel those moments in your life, I think that you're going you're gonna to enjoy this scripture as well. This is 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 7. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. This scripture was written by the Apostle Paul. We know he was a giant in the faith. He was one of the, the leaders in the church. He planted churches all over the place, wrote more books of the New Testament than any other person. And he realized that he only played a tiny part in the process of planting seeds in people's hearts. He would just do a little bit, and then he knew he would step back and someone else would take over. And so we need to remember that too. When we're sharing about Jesus with others, when we're telling them our story of faith, when we're sharing God's faithfulness, we're just playing a small part. And we're, we're, we're sharing that, and it's going into the soil of somebody's heart. And we don't know at what stage the seed inside their heart is at, Okay, we just trust the Holy Spirit to be obedient and do what he's called us to do. And then we can trust God to cause that seed to grow in his time. The next thing we learn about planting seeds is it's not glamorous. Okay, it is not a glamorous job. There is a, the job of a farmer is not really considered to be an exciting occupation. There's not any fascinating TV dramas about the life of a farmer, except for that Farmer Wants a Wife show. I don't know. I've never seen it, but I don't think the point is the, is the farming. I think the point is something else. But um, anyway, but due to the fact that planting seeds takes time, and it's also not particularly exciting, it can be a tedious task, it can be a routine task, and it's often behind the scenes. It's not something that people get a lot of credit for. But we should be fine with that because it's not about us. And it's not ultimately even up to us how and when a seed grows. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 3, 7 again. Paul said, So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. Paul realized that his role of planting seeds was only important because he knew that God would step in and finish the job for him. And he could trust him to do that. Now, every week, there is essential seed planting happening here in our building, and it's in our preschool rooms. These leaders and assistants, they are showing kids how God loves them. They are sharing God's faithfulness through Bible stories. And what they are doing is largely unseen, but it is essential. Because what they are planting, then we can water as they get older, as they go into elementary, as they go into chapel youth. We can water those seeds, and in time, God will make those seeds grow into something amazing, something that we could not have even ever planned or imagined. Now, I've been here as a children's pastor for almost 10 years, but I've attended this church. We've attended this church for almost 24 total. And we, my husband and I have served in a lot of different areas in Christian Chapel. When we first started, we worked with the teenagers doing Bible quiz, and then we were D group leaders for a time with the teenagers. And then I taught our Wednesday night three, four, and five-year-olds for several years before I actually stepped into this role. And so we've been privileged to see a lot of kids who started out really young grow into these amazing young men and women of God. And it all started 
for them with teachers who are willing to do the faithful, routine job of planting seeds in their hearts and going in and talking to them about Jesus, talking to these three- and four-year-old boys and girls with endless energy about Jesus. Now, some of you here were, were that kid. Now, I'm not going to point any fingers, but some of you were a disaster when you were in preschool. Some of you got kicked out of Chapel Kids by me or the children's pastor before me, or got pulled out for a talking to. Some of you probably had to meet with the youth pastor for a while, okay? Some of you were like, but look at you now, okay? God makes things grow in his time. Not only have you matured physically and emotionally, but spiritually, these seeds are growing and they're coming out, and it's just it's amazing to see God's faithfulness in that process. But it starts at this young age when we're planting those seeds and helping them to learn about God, and then God makes that grow in his time. The next thing about planting seeds is it is a team effort. I'm going to go back to the Apostle Paul again. He's a great example of this. He himself acknowledged, as we read before, that he was a seed planter, and he took at least three missionary journeys that we know of that are in the book of Acts. And I'm sure Pastor Chris later on in the um, Acts series will be talking more about those in detail. But today I just want to highlight something important about the three missionary journeys, is that he never went by himself. He always had a team of people with him. His first journey, he took Barnabas and John Mark. His second journey, he took Silas and Timothy, and his third one, he took Priscilla and Aquila, along with um, several other people as well. If you read the first and the last chapter of most of his books that he wrote to the churches that he ministered at, you'll see names of people that he partnered with um, and telling, telling the people in those letters, thank, thank, thank this person, thank that person, thank this person, this person sends you greetings. This is all in, indicative that he had a team of people that went with him to minister. And it's important that we follow that model because we're all good at different things. We all have different gifts. It's really rare to find one person who's good at everything. And even if you do, they're not going to have the physical capacity to do all the things they're good at at once. We all need to bring our gifts together to serve and to plant seeds. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. We are the body of Christ, and we each have a part to play in planting seeds. And this was on display beautifully this past week at Mega Summer Camp. So if you're not aware of how we structure Mega Summer Camp, we have our elementary kids that follow a track for the whole week. They're in the same activity, and they can choose from six activities. They choose baking, woodworking, robotics, which is like one put together into two, um, into two days each time, um, basketball, soccer, cheer, and one more, archery. Thank you. I forgot one in the last one, and someone else came to my rescue. You guys are awesome. Um, so there's those six activities that they do. And then the junior campers who are four- and five-year-olds, they follow a different schedule where they kind of do more of a VBS um, style with games and crafts and snacks. And then we have intermediate campers, which is our kindergartners, and they do kind of a little of everything. And so that's kind of the structure we have. Now, I oversaw the entire week, but I only played a very small part in the actual week. Because if I tried to do all of those aspects of mega summer camp, it would be a colossal failure. First of all, because I can't be more than one place at a time, but the more important reason is because I'm terrible at some of that stuff. I remember I mentioned I'm not outdoorsy. I'm also surprisingly not good at sports. And so you don't want me teaching your kid how to play basketball or soccer or cheer. 
Um, I can't hit a target in archery. If I do, it's a complete accident. So you don't want me to teach them or they will probably kill themselves or someone else with the bow and arrow. Um, I don't really put things together well. I do, well, I do love putting furniture together when it has the instructions, um, like, like the instructions with, with the hardware in separate baggies and the picture of the hardware on the instructions where I can actually take it and put it up against it to make sure it's the right size. Um, I do enjoy that because I just like following directions and that's just my personality. But, but if someone asked me to build something, I would probably, it wouldn't go well. So I can't teach woodworking. I don't understand the robotic thing, the spheros that they had. I'm amazed by it, but I don't understand how it works. Um, I can bake, but I can't make it look good. It can taste good, but it doesn't look good. My time management doesn't work to where I could teach 18 kids how to make something in half an hour. It's just not going to work for me. I've tried to make my kids birthday cakes, and the designs weren't lacking terribly. So I can't do any of that. They need someone who's good at it to teach them, and then in those processes of teaching them, they can share Jesus as they're teaching them those things. We need people who come to Mega Camp who are good at teaching small children. We need people who are good at serving and prepping food for people because everyone wants to eat all the time, so that's really important. We need people who are great at administration so kids can be checked in and go where they're supposed to go so we can find them if we need them. So all of these things work together. And so people are bringing their gifts to the party and their obedient hands open saying, God, this is what I'm good at and I want you to use it. And God is faithful to show up in those moments. And everyone worked together last week to plant seeds in the hearts of 112 kids. And it was amazing to see. When we plant seeds together, we are using the gifts that God gave us to make a difference and to share him with the people around us. And the last thing we need to learn about planting seeds is it's always worth it. It's always worth it. I had a friend who recently attended a children's ministry training, and there were about 100 people in attendance there. And the speaker had everyone stand up, assumption being that they were all Christians, which hopefully at a children's ministry training, they would all be Christians. And so he said, okay, I want you to sit down if you accepted Jesus as a child. And so she said about half of them sat down, so probably about 50 still standing. And he said, okay, of those of you who accepted Jesus as an adult then who are still standing, I want you to sit down if some point as a child you heard about Jesus from somebody in your life you heard about from a you know, Sunday school teacher or a parent or a coach or something, and only five people remained standing. His point being that only five people of those people who accepted Jesus as an adult hadn't heard about Jesus as a child. And so he was teaching them something really important here. He was teaching them that every time you share Jesus with a child, it's never wasted. It's getting into their heart. It's getting into the soil of their hearts. And God is going to make that grow in his time. And all we have to do is be obedient and do what he's called us to do with what he's given us. And I think it's the same thing for adults, too. Anytime you share your faith with someone, anytime you tell your story of God's faithfulness, anytime you choose to react differently than the world would react about something, you're planting a seed of faith in someone's heart. And once that seed is there, we leave it up to the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do next. But we just remain obedient. And we know a couple truths from Scripture about this. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, because of the power of the Holy Spirit in us and through us, God can take our small, 
in what we consider to be insignificant contributions, and he can turn them into something amazing and beautiful. We just have to trust him with that process. And then Isaiah 55, 10 through 11 says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God will accomplish his plans in his time. And all we have to do is be obedient. All we have to do is do what he asks us to do, to share the knowledge of him to the people around us. And he will make those seeds grow. And we, it just kind of takes the pressure off us. All we have to do is just share our faith and let him do the rest. Now today, if there's one thing I want to leave you with today, it's an encouragement to not give up. Don't give up planting seeds in the hearts of the people around you. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So keep having those conversations. Keep sharing your faith with your neighbors. Keep sharing your faith with your family. Keep telling your kids about God's love. Keep telling our kids here and our teenagers here about God's plan for them. Keep doing it. Don't give up because God is faithful and he will bring about the harvest at the time that he wants to. And all we have to do is just trust him. So in Chapel Kids, when we have um, our closing time, I like to do guided response with the kids to kind of give them some time to really think about what God is saying. And so we're going to do that this morning. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes so you can just really focus on God and what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us this morning. And I'm going to speak to three different groups today during this response time. So first of all, if you are someone that you know that somebody has planted a seed in your heart and you've never responded to that, you've never said yes to Jesus, maybe that seed has been in your heart for months or years, weeks or days, or maybe this morning's the first time. But whatever the case may be, if you've never said yes to Jesus today, he loves you and he has a plan for you and he wants to have a relationship with you. And so that's you. You can do that this morning. In a little bit, we're going to pray, and you can, all you have to do is just talk to him and ask him to come into your life and start this relationship. We have people that can pray with you about that in a little bit. The second group of people I want to talk to are those that are currently engaged in the seed planting process. And if that's you, I want you to think about people or groups of people that, that you are planting seeds right now in the hearts of people. It could be a family member, a friend, um, somewhere where you serve here at Christian Chapel. I want you to think about those people for a minute. And maybe you've been sharing your faith with them for maybe just a few days or a few weeks. But maybe you've been sharing your faith for, for years and years and years and you feel discouraged. You feel like you're not seeing anything happen. I want you to encourage you to, to let Galatians 6, 9 comfort your soul to not give up, to keep planting those seeds, to keep being faithful to what God has asked you to do and to trust him with the process. You don't have to worry about the process. You just have to be obedient to what he calls you to do. So I want to encourage you in that. And then finally, for those of you who maybe you're standing here today and you're thinking, I don't, I can't think of anywhere where I'm planting seeds. I can't think of a situation or a, a place where I'm planting seeds. And if that's you this morning, I want you to kind of think about what you're good at. Where, where do your gifts lie? What are some things that God has given to you as a gift, something you are good at? 
The thing is, God gives you those gifts so that you can use them to make him famous in the world around you. And so there's a reason why you have that gift. And so I want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit how he can use that gift. And just be obedient and just willing to surrender and willing to listen to his spirit speaking to you this morning. So I'm going to pray for all of us. Jesus, we thank you that you left us with a really important job here to share about you to the world around us. And God, I pray, first of all, for the people in this room who have never said yes to you, those who are watching online who want to start a relationship with you. God, I ask that you would just speak to their hearts right now, that they would know that they can just surrender to you and begin that relationship today. God, I pray for those who have been planting seeds, and I pray that you continue to give them what they need to keep planting seeds, to not give up, to know that you are faithful. I pray that for those especially that are dealing with disappointment and frustration because they don't see anything happening, God, would you comfort them with the knowledge of your faithfulness, with the knowledge of your power, that you can do anything. I pray that you would help them to know that you are right there and give them what they need to keep going. And I pray, God, for those who are struggling to find a place to plant their seeds, are struggling to find where they fit, where they're supposed to be sharing their gifts, I pray right now that you'd bring to mind the gifts that you've given them and that you begin to just show them where you want to use those gifts. God, we thank you that you give us gifts so that we can make a difference in our world for you. And I pray that we would just be obedient, that we would just say yes to what, what you want us to do, and that we would plant the seeds of faith in the hearts of the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.